Hey everyone, welcome back to For the Moms. I'm your host, I'm Jessie. I know you're probably thinking, where's Ashley? (laughs) She's still here, she never left. Um, She actually just celebrated her 30th birthday. Um, Little Meemaw over there. So if you haven't got a chance, please wish her a happy birthday. But with that being said, it's just gonna be me for today. So I really hope that you guys enjoy just sitting down and chatting with me and enjoy this little short episode. So Mother's Day is right around the corner. It is one day that we are celebrated from morning to night. So I thought, what more perfect time to obviously talk about moms. But I thought it was really important to talk about the challenges that we face as moms. You know, Mother's Day is about showing love and appreciation and gratitude to our moms, to mother figures in our lives. But it's also very important to show love and appreciation and gratitude to ourselves because motherhood is hard, y'all. It's, it's very hard. And we face a lot of challenges. On Mother's Day, obviously, we take the time to appreciate ourselves and love ourselves and give ourselves gratitude and our moms, too. <laughs> I'm not leaving I'm not leaving my mom out of this. OK, but we should reflect on the challenges that we face as mothers. You know, we should reflect on both sides, the fun, airy, light part of motherhood and also the heavy, challenging part of motherhood as well. So that's what we're going to talk about. I, I want to share that part of my life. I have faced challenges with my youngest, Malachi, that I did not face with Camden, my oldest, my first, my first sweet little baby. You know, when I had Malachi, I didn't think it was going to be a breeze, but I thought that it was going to be somewhat easier because I was going into this and I'd already done it once before, but that was not the case. I have just dealt with a lot. And so my hope is that number one, you enjoy this episode, but I hope that there's another mom out there that can relate to the challenges that I've faced. You can relate to me and I can relate to you and we can just do this thing together because of course I want to share my life, but I just want to reflect on these challenges and also the fun part of motherhood as well, because in my opinion, I think that is what Mother's Day is about. So I want to take you down memory lane, and I just want to walk you through the beginning challenges that I had with Malachi and bring you up to speed so that you can understand where I'm at right now, and hopefully you can relate. So Malachi will be two on the 20th of this month. I'm so exciting and very scared (laughs) because I don't want to enter into the terrible toods. It's going to be fine. I've already done it once, right? So let's pray that it's going to be fine. (laughs) But let me take you back. We were smooth sailing in the newborn stage, okay? We make it to our six-month checkup. And about three months prior to that, we noticed that there was a flat spot starting to form on the back of Malachi's head. So we went on Amazon, we bought these little donut pillows, you know, like we we were trying to do all the things. Fast forward, we get to our six month checkup and the pediatrician obviously brings it up. And so we start to discuss it and we get referred to our local hospital in their physical rehabilitation office. So prior to that referral, 
um, because we didn't go to that referral until seven months, we discussed with a pediatrician kind of what the next couple months were going to look like. At the time, we knew that Malachi wasn't meeting his milestones. I didn't really think anything about it because all I've ever heard was that it doesn't matter. And if you've listened to any previous episodes, you know that I do not like milestones. And this is the reason why I don't like them. Neither of my children have met them on time, which that doesn't mean anything, but that just gives you some insight why I feel some type of way about milestones. So fast forward the next month, he's seven months old, and we have our first evaluation. And by the way, let me just say, the PT that we had, she was absolutely amazing. And I knew it from the beginning. You know, you feel embarrassed, you feel anxious, you feel nervous, because you just don't know what they're going to think of you especially when you bring in your child and they have a flat spot on the back of their head. The only thing that was going through my mind was, wow, these people think that I just let my baby lay on the back of his head 24-7. I I don't think that it's silly that I felt that way. That's just the way I felt in the moment. So I was feeling all the feels and she just made me feel like eyes weren't all on me. So we go through this evaluation and they do what's called an AIMS test. I think it's pronounced AIMS. I don't really know how else it would be pronounced, but it is the Alberta Infant Motor Scales Test. And Malachi scored a 19. And that means his motor development was similar to less than 5% of children the same age as him. And that was heart-wrenching to hear because I blamed myself You know, in the situation, it wasn't something that I can help, but I just, I don't know. I was just really down on myself. There were things that Malachi couldn't do. Um, He wasn't able to hold his head up at seven months of age. He wasn't able to tolerate tummy time. He wasn't able to do the things that a seven-month-old would normally do, I guess I could say. But there were some underlying issues that we obviously didn't know about. So during this evaluation, I explained to her that when I would hold Malachi in an upright position or I would try to do tummy time or anything like that, Malachi would continuously try to extend his neck. It was almost as if something was blocking his airway and he would make this grunting, uncomfortable noise And as soon as he was able to kind of lay back in my arms or on the ground and fully extend his neck, he was comfortable. The grunting went away. You know, he just seemed calm and comfortable. And, you know, when you have a screaming, crying baby that is uncomfortable and you can't get them to calm down and be happy and you you just can't get a second, you know, you do what you can. And that was the stage that I was at. But little did I know that this is a very common thing. You know, the flat spot on the back of a baby's head is very common. It's common in one in five babies. I didn't know that before I was educated. Once I started learning about all these things, literally during the evaluation, my nerves started to go down a little bit and I was able to really get out of my emotions and listen and and figure out what I needed to do. So we started physical therapy at seven months. And in between that time, the PT referred us to ear, nose, and throat doctor. We wanted to make sure that there was nothing that was blocking his airway, if it was his tonsils, anything like that. So during PT, we went through all these appointments with ear, nose, and throat. I don't really want to go into that much because it would probably take me 
I don't know, like two years to walk you through that. But in between ear, nose and throat, we also were doing appointments for um, his head. So we had to go see a specialist and Malachi was diagnosed with brachiocephaly. And that is where the back of the head is flat and it can cause the forehead to bulge. Now you'll hear mixed. I, I don't really know how to say it. Mixed reviews on this, I guess. But normally they determine this as purely cosmetic. And the option was given to us to get him a cranial helmet. And it was either you get the cranial helmet, they wear it for three months, and it's a little bit aggravating, and it stinks, you know, and it's uncomfortable. But 99% of the time, if you do what you're supposed to with the helmet, the head will round out and it will stop growing in those areas on the sides and on the forehead. Or you can choose to not do the helmet, but they can't tell you that there won't be any developmental delays. They'll say that it doesn't cause any delays, but they can't tell you for sure. You know, at that age, their brain, their head is growing. And if there's a flat spot on the back, then it's going to continue to grow in all the other places but that area. Do what you want with that information, but in my head, it's not computing that there's not going to be any developmental delays. But even then, if it's just purely cosmetic, I 1000% will do it. (laughs) I would much rather suffer the three months than Malachi come to me in high school and I have to send him through therapy because there's kids making fun of him for a flat head. I mean, that's very, that's very blunt, but that's what was going through my head. So we decided to do the cranial helmet and it really wasn't that bad. The looks weren't bad at all. Like when we were out in public, it was really, really cute. And he adjusted to it very well, very fast, and it was great. So in between that, uh, he was going to the ear, nose, and throat. He was misdiagnosed um, several times. We had went through acid reflux, different medications for that, a throat endoscopy to look at the tonsils. And that was when they were able to rule out that Malachi did not have any acid reflux. So after that, we did a swallow study with a feeding specialist. And that was where we determined that Malachi may be suffering from sensory issues. That was the first time that we had heard that. And it was way left from what we had been told in the direction that we were moving in all this time. Once we learned about sensory issues and we had done the swallow study, we were referred to feeding therapy. Now, that didn't last very long, and that's a whole nother story in itself, but we continued to do heavy research on feeding therapy and do different exercises and stuff like that and continued it with PT. So the physical therapist that we had that I was just telling you about a little while ago, she was very knowledgeable with sensory issues. So we were able to work with that along with physical therapy as well. So everything was on the up and up. We got the helmet off early. We were progressing during therapy. Everything was smooth sailing. Now, I want to be honest and say that during the time of the 11 months that we were in therapy, you know, whether we were out in public, if we were at a birthday party We saw kids that were either a little bit older or the same age or a little bit younger. And to watch those kids be so, in my world at that current time, so 
advanced and then to see Malachi not at that same stage. I remember how difficult it was to deal with it because, you know, during therapy, I would see so much progress. And then when we would go out or we would we would see these kids that are so advanced compared to Malachi, it would just kind of take me back a few steps. But we made it. We made it through those 11 months, those hard 11 months. And at 18 months, it was like in a week time frame, he started walking. And then within that week, he graduated. We were so happy. I remember thinking like, I can take all of that stress and anxiety, just all of that stuff and just put it behind me. I'm telling you, within two weeks time, we went to Malachi's 18 month checkup with his pediatrician. We were back in the office. Okay. And let me tell you, this is a story. I was really excited to walk into that office with our heads held high and say, we graduated from physical therapy, we're working on sensory issues, all all that good stuff. So right when I walk in the door, I go to check him in and they hand me a piece of paper. It was called the MCHAT. And if you don't know what that is, that is a modified checklist for autism. When they gave it to me, I wasn't paying attention. I remember seeing the M chat on the top of the paper, but I just didn't, I didn't pay it attention because at all these checkups, they ask you all these questions, you do these questionnaires. So I really didn't think anything about it. So I fill it out, waiting in the waiting room. We go back to the room and the nurse is, you know, starting her initial review or you know, whatever. And she starts to ask me the same questions that were on the MCHAT. For example, she was asking me like, how many words are in his vocabulary? Does he point to things that he wants? Does he make eye contact with you? You know, stuff like that. So answered it. No big deal. The doctor comes in. He's doing his exam. I didn't even get to tell him about all the great things that have been happening before he sat down and told me something that literally knocked me off my feet. He explained to me very thoroughly what the MCHAT was. So Malachi scored a six on the MCHAT, which means that he is at moderate risk for autism. And honestly, that was the first time that autism was brought up ever. I was completely winded when he said that. I was just like, what? Wait a second. Can you say that again? You know, when you just have no idea that something's going to happen and it just hits you out of nowhere, that's exactly how I felt in the moment. And it was a lot of information that he was giving me because I just had no idea. And I also want to state that That is protocol that they give this questionnaire, or at least that's what was told to me. Like this wasn't anything out of the ordinary. This wasn't something just tailored to Malachi. It was at an 18 month checkup. This is what they do. That was what was told to me. So he kind of goes over his assessment and there were two main things that they were looking at. Delayed speech and delayed social and emotional development. Malachi had less than four words in his vocabulary. He wasn't really making eye contact with us. 
if we were in a room full of other kids or just other people, family members, friends, strangers, you know, whoever, it was as if they weren't there. There was not much acknowledgement. But there again, it may be hard to understand, but in the moment, I just didn't really notice that these things were happening. And I guess it was because we were focusing on other stuff, like with physical therapy and trying to work with the sensory issues. Like I just didn't, I just didn't even notice that these were big issues. You know, the only thing that I really did notice was that Malachi wasn't talking much. So after the assessment and thoroughly explaining to me, I made him explain it to me like three different times. I just, I had to, I had to know something before I left that doctor's appointment. It was not going to be, you know, like a 30 minute in and out appointment. So after that, we were referred to a diagnostic evaluation and early intervention. And at that time, it was explained to me that Malachi was going to have to go through several different therapies, occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, feeding therapy, you know, all these things again. And in that moment, I felt like we had just regressed so much because we had graduated. Everything was going good or so I thought. And then bam, we were just winded, completely winded. But that emotion was only for a short period of time. You know, we do owe ourselves that. We should be able to understand what we're going through, sit in our emotions for a while and then move forward. So I quickly got out of that and I was in go mode. You know, whatever we need to do, let's do it. Whatever we need to get him in, the help that he needs, anything that we could do, let's do it. So we start early intervention and we're back in therapy. This kind of brings you up to speed at where we're at right now, because when we were first told about the autism, that was six months ago. So that was in the end of November, 1st of December in 2022. So fast forward, we're at May and Malachi is currently in occupational therapy and speech therapy. So he does that twice a week. And then we also see an early interventionist once a week. So it's a lot of work because each session is tailored to something different. So I have to thoroughly be aware of like what's happening in therapy. And then we also have to practice this at home. But let me say, early intervention is so amazing. I cannot say enough good things about early intervention. I was very thankful that we were able to kind of catch this early. We really started to learn about obviously autism and signs and red flags to look for and stuff like that. And we also learned about sensory disorders. But I will say that we really felt lost and we didn't really know where to start. But of course, with the early intervention team, we found support and guidance from them. It was just kind of an easy but hard process. You know, they really worked with us to help identify specific needs and a plan of action and stuff like that, which included both occupational and speech therapy. Occupational is very helpful because it provides toddlers with activities that stimulate senses and help them feel more comfortable in different situations. 
So like, for example, you know, creating a calm and organized environment in your household, sensory tools like weighted blankets and fidget toys and and stuff to help them regulate their emotions. And then speech therapy, you know, it's it's very helpful in addressing communication needs because of the sensory disorder, you know, Malachi is struggled with verbal communication. So therapy really helps that and it and it teaches us to find alternative communication methods at this time until we can move forward. You know, seeing your child struggle with something like a sensory disorder, it can be incredibly challenging. But with the tools that we were given and the support that we needed, we're currently helping Malachi thrive. I think one thing that I've learned so far is being able to adapt to my child's needs and figuring out how I can support him in a way that works for him. It's not about all the outside stuff. It's not about the way I see other kids that are much more advanced or don't have these issues. You know, it's not about the people that don't understand the thorough process that we're going through. Like none of that matters. What matters is me being able to do my job as a parent and support and help my child in the way that they need it. So right now, we are still waiting on the autism evaluation. We have waited six months, which is not bad because when we initially first called, they told us that it was going to be two years (laughs) and that was devastating, but we've waited six months. And so his autism evaluation is actually this week. I wish I could cue in a round of applause here because it's been a long journey and, you know, that doesn't mean that it's not going to continue to be. But what I can say is that we made it and we're very eager to get this autism evaluation done and know what the next steps are. This experience that I've went through has been filled with so many emotions and it has probably been, I'm not going to even say probably, it's been one of the most challenging experiences I've ever been in. It has really tested me in ways that I just cannot explain. But it's not all negative. You know, during this time, I felt anger. I felt sadness. I felt happiness. I felt joyful. And, you know, when I look back on it, I just don't want to harp on the emotional side of it as much. I want to talk about it and I want to look back on everything that we accomplished. So with that, I just wanted to kind of open up about a part of my life that I haven't really talked about. But, you know, I just also thought about all the women who have faced different challenges on their path to motherhood. You know, it made me realize that Mother's Day can just be so much more than a celebration. I think it's also a time for empathy and a time for us to all understand, you know, really our journey and what we go through Every single day. I also want to mention, you know, if you're a parent that's going through a similar experience or even something totally different, but you have the same emotions and and challenges in that sort of way, I really encourage you to seek out support and guidance from your local early intervention team or any kind of 
guidance in your area. It can be very overwhelming at first, but having your grounds and figuring out a plan of action and support, it can make such a big difference in this journey that you're going to take. So I think I'm going to end it here. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode with me. If you are struggling with the same issues, if you want to chat about anything that you're going through, any part of your motherhood journey that is hard for you or is great for you, you know, negative or positive, uplifting or heavy, I would love for you to reach out on Instagram at at for the moms pod that is at for the moms pod. And also, if you love our podcast, please leave us a five star rating and a review because it would it would really help us. And we we just love hearing from you guys. And you know, we really cherish that you love our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am out. Me and Ashley will be back next week. We hope you all have an incredible Mother's Day. And please don't forget that your tireless dedication, love and sacrifice truly makes this world a better place. Spend it with your loved ones and just remind yourself how much you mean to your family. Thank you so much for all that you do. And never forget, we are always for the moms. (laughs) 